Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee, your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the sky above us for the week ahead. Surprising, this is getting to be the end of August, getting to be the end of summer, at least if you're in the northern tier of states, perhaps. And today, the sun moves into Virgo. That always tells us that it's time to get busy. It's time to get ready to do some things. It's time to look at your routines and your habits. And we're going to talk more about that here in just a bit. Hopefully, you all had a wonderful weekend. We are actually broadcasting to a new destination today. Typically, I broadcast to YouTube and as well to Facebook, my Living Astrology Facebook page. But today we are also broadcasting to LinkedIn. So if new LinkedIn people join us this morning, welcome to all of you. I didn't intentionally set out to do that, but an idea presented itself this morning and I went, oh, okay. So as I set up the broadcast, it said, oh, hey, we uh, we can broadcast your, um, or we can send your broadcast to LinkedIn now. Okay, let's do it. Not that I'm big on LinkedIn, but hey. You know, every place is better than no place, right? Uh, I hope all of you had a great weekend. Tom, hello, Sun in Virgo. Time to straighten pictures on the wall. Oh, God, are you looking at pictures that are crooked in my wall? Uh, Nico, good morning to you. And Tanya, great to see you already so early this morning. And it is kind of a, a slow morning feeling, but I can tell you that I have been chit-chatting with people since the sun came up right? From whether it's family, Tom, <laughs> Asa, my sisters, uh, my kids, uh, Terry. It's been one of those kind of mornings already. I'm not sure how I got ready in time, knowing that I was messing around doing all these things. Plus, I wrote lots of stuff for us to talk about this morning. Maybe that's Mars and Gemini, right? Being a Gemini, Mars in Gemini. And today, knowing the sun moves into Virgo, Virgo ruled by Mercury, the same planet ruling Gemini. <sighs> I can feel it, though, as it begins to just sort of create a scattered feeling within me. So I don't know, are you guys feeling that too, where you're kind of feeling like this energy is ramping up? And then I immediately, me, this is me, and maybe you too, Tom, because you're also a Gemini with Mars here. And anybody else out there who's a Gemini or a, a Virgo might be feeling the same thing, where so many things are piling up that you could do or that you must do, that then you begin to want to get scattered. And I noticed that going on uh, as well, as it was much more fun to sit and chit chat with people on Messenger than it was to worry about getting uh, ready. So, but I did get ready in time, so it still all worked out. Uh, okay, today we have a lot to talk about because the week is just jam-packed. So I was having trouble picking and choosing what it was that I really needed to focus on. I never even got to the new moon. Well, the new moon luckily is on Saturday, so we can address that on Friday. Uh, I didn't get to Mercury moving into Libra, but maybe we can chit chat about that a little bit. Um, but that's because there were so many other interesting things going on. Today, the moon is in Cancer, and that brings things home to us. And as well... Cancer energy, to well, it's my rising sign, so it is typically, uh, potentially, 
you know, some, an energy that I'm very familiar with, but there's something else about cancer that I think helps prepare us for where the sun and earth line up starting tomorrow in our human design. So I want to break down the, the cancer energy a little bit, and then I want to switch over to the next important thing of the day today, which is the sun moving into Virgo. What does that mean for us? How is that going to play out with the moon in Gemini, a sign that is squaring Virgo, but ruled by the same planet? And then tomorrow, the sun and earth combination move out of the gates that they've been in, which have been the gate 29 and 30, what we were learning to say yes to, and what it was that we were committing our energy to, and hopefully that we were committing ourselves toward things that made sense to us or that we were passionate about. And now we'll shift into the energy of the sacral. The sun will be sitting on the sacral in the gate 59 called the gate of sexuality or sustainability. And then the earth in the gate 55, the gate of abundance through spirit, sometimes also called faith, sometimes also just called spirit or abundance. Either way you look at it, the gate 55 is one of my favorite places. It's the dragonfly energy, dragonfly, don't look at the burn, I burned my arm pulling food out of the oven the other day. Um, <laughs> Mars burns, right? Hmm. Anyway, so 59 and 55, all very interesting, taking things into the body, right? The body, the 55 is on the, so, the, the solar plexus, so we're dealing with emotions. The 59 on the sacral, so we're doing and we're being, right? So what are we doing and being? We'll talk more about that. Uranus turns retrograde, that's the next big thing in the week, and he is retrograde in the sign of Taurus. And what is that going to mean for us? Because he turns into a bit of a contrarian when he, not that he's not a contrarian already, not that he doesn't already do things his own way. Um, but when he turns retrograde, it moves all of the changes that we've seen on the outer planes into the inner planes. And now we have to grapple with what changes do we need to make within us in order to to kind of seamlessly move with what's going on in the outer world. And that can create some of that rejection within us. We don't want to do things that way. We want to do things our way. So we'll, we'll talk about that and how to survive that. What we may not get to is Mercury in Libra. And certainly we will not get to the new moon today, but there's plenty of other things to talk about, right? We can talk about a lot of things. So let's go back to the moon in Cancer. Today, the moon in Cancer squares the planet Jupiter. So a square, for those of you who are not as familiar with the aspects, can create tension or some sort of anxiety, some need deep within us to do something different or to take some kind of action. And when we have the moon in the square to Jupiter, what we have sometimes is going overboard, doing too much, right, out of proportion to what is necessary. And this might mean emotional overreactions, because the moon, Cancer, a sign she rules, is all about emotions. So we might be overly emotional today, or we may have overly emotional reactions to things that are going on in the world, or things that are going on in our personal lives. So we want to stay aware of that. Jupiter's in Aries, Aries, and he's also in retrograde. So Aries is conflict, 
confrontation sometimes, and we might be confronting our own inner uh, emotional field. Uh, that means we might feel frustrated. We might feel uh, angry over being um, dropped on our heads. Who knows, right? We might be feeling angry because we can't get done what we want to get done. We might feel conflict between two different things that we want to do or two different parts of our being. So we'll have to just remember the moon is moody here. And that means for the next couple of days, we can have this feeling of up and down in our emotional field. So wherever Cancer and Aries are in your chart, these are the places, the areas of your life, the where of it all uh, for you personally. So Cancer on my first house, Aries on my 10th house, it's going to play out for me in my own viewpoint, in my own personal self, as well as in my career or profession. So watchful for how it is that I'm going to say what I need to say, right, with clients especially, and yet not shying away from what I need to say. So balancing both the caring and the nurturing aspect of cancer along with that Jupiter expansiveness into telling it like it is, telling the truth, right? Truth. So if I happen to say things that trigger you, don't be surprised, right? Just don't be surprised. Let's look at Cancer's light, right? The bright, the, um, the highest expression of Cancer energy. This is the nurturing, mothering energy. So it's very caring and it's very empathetic as opposed to being empathic, right? There is the potential to be empathic, but that all depends on your human design. If you have the emotional center open, you are more empathic than those of us who have it defined where we are broadcasting energy. We might have more empathy, but not necessarily be empathic. They're similar, but they're different, right? They're similarities. If you are an empath or empathic, you are feeling other people's emotions. If you are empathetic, you are able to commiserate with people about what they're feeling, right? You can be sort of the, the nurturing, caring person, but without really taking on that emotional energy. So they're a little bit different. They work a little bit differently. And people often get things like that mixed up. My own daughter had a reading with someone who told her she was an empath. And I looked at her chart. I said, no, you are not an empath. You are empathetic for sure, right? You have that capability, but you're broadcasting emotion that does not mean, and you're broadcasting your own emotion. You're not broadcasting everybody else's emotion. So that makes the difference here. Now we also have emotional mood shifting in cancer energy. The moods can be high, the moods can be low, and they can be everywhere in between. And they can go back and forth throughout the day, depending again on where it is in your chart, what is happening in your life by transits, what planets maybe you have in cancer already by birth. Um, some people out there, uh, Natasha, are, uh, we see her frequently out here in the morning. She is a triple cancer. So yeah, bet she's going to have some issues while the moon is moving through here. And when I say issues, I don't necessarily mean bad ones, right? She might become very caring and empathetic about something that's going on with a friend, perhaps, or someone in her life. These people, cancer people, are very loving and uh, loyal, right? Cancer is one of those signs that you, you know, they, if they love you, they love you all in. And 
So we might find ourselves in that capacity for the next couple of days of loving, being all in, in our loving, caring, nurturing. The key here is to make sure that you're not all in, in a way that is not correct for you, that you're not being nosy or pushing yourself around in someone's life or pushing your way into something that isn't correct for you, right? Cancer can sometimes be that smothering mother, right? The smothering energy where we go in with the highest of intentions of caring and, and, and helping and we end up smothering or taking over somebody's life or taking over somebody's project or something like that. So we want to be careful that we walk that fine line between really loving and wanting to care for and take care of and smothering, right? Taking over something from someone. This is also a highly imaginative and intuitive placement. Cancer is a water sign. So with our water signs, we tend to have that heightened intuitive awareness, right? T tapping into emotional um, awareness. So we have that going. And this is a sign of connection. The moon loves to be connected when it is in cancer, connected to other people. This is people making life worth living, right? That's cancer's sort of mantra in its light, right? It, it wants to be in that connection, not just with family, but with whomever they deem as family, which could be friends, could be a community, uh, could be the different groups of networking uh, things that people are involved with. Uh, so Natasha, good morning. See, she's checking in. She heard me. Thanks. I was wondering why I had these old not happening thoughts when I know I am witnessing I am in the flow where the greater good can happen. Exactly right. Exactly right. I knew you'd be feeling it this morning. And right now the moon, or when I drew up the chart this morning, which is at 640, so a couple of hours ago, so we're probably a few degrees more. Uh, she was at six degrees, 30 minutes of cancer. So she's just you know, been moved in there later last night and is now, you know, taking through the whole of the day today and also the whole of the day tomorrow, shifting very early in the morning on the 24th. So the same day Uranus turns retrograde, uh, the moon will move uh, out of Cancer and into Leo. So we'll have some fire, fire, fire going on. That'll be fun. Uh, fire and earth, I mean, scorching energy. Uh, good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Terry Strauss. It's good to see you. Corey, hello. Sandra Jean Boyd, good morning to you. And anybody, Sylvester, I missed you. Good morning. And Pam Zaruba, good morning to you. J-Lo, hello. Julie Palmer, great to have you with us. She has a Gemini moon, so you know what I'm feeling. You know what everybody's going through here. Asa, good to see you. You did join us this morning. And Kajella, good morning to you. Christine Buckingham, hello. And anybody else who I might have missed, my apologies if I've missed you and welcome. So let's look at Cancer's shadow, shall we? We have to balance everything out because when we talk about these energies, they are happening across an axis. If the moon is in Cancer, the opposite sign is Capricorn. So sometimes with an opposition like that, we tend to draw in some of the more shadowy parts of the sign. So we have the potential for the shadowy cancer side, but we also have the potential of either the Capricorn light or the Capricorn shadow as well. So when we're looking at cancer shadow, we're looking at the lack of objectivity, right? Blinders, right? We get the tunnel vision and we are moody or 
crabby. I put crabby. I thought that was kind of a nice play on words since cancer is ruled by the crab, right? So that crabby energy, that, that big claw that just wants to reach out and pinch you or keep you at bay, right? The idea of the shell or the wall around us and the big claw that can reach out is to keep people at bay. So the negative side of cancer then is when we are not seeking connection, where we are avoiding connection, perhaps, where we are isolating ourselves in some way, perhaps. So we want to take a look at that in our own lives. Where have we pushed people back? Where are we ready to reach out and grab somebody, uh, but not necessarily in, in a positive way, right? Uh, as well, a lack of emotional response, right? If we have cancer that's very emotional, with Capricorn, we have sometimes the lack of emotion. So we can not be appropriately emoting. And that can be a problem as well. Brooding energy. Right. I'm going to sit back with my pouty face. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to be sullen. That is a negative side of Saturn, which Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn. So moon and Saturn sometimes not so much friends, right? That the moon wants to be moody and move on and Saturn's like taciturn, stern, persistent and determined, yes. So there's that kind of positive aspect, but also can be a brooding kind of energy in the negative of cancer. And anxiety, there's nothing worse for cancer than feeling like they don't have enough, enough clients, enough food, enough warmth, enough what fill in the blank, right? And when they have that uh, feeling of the cupboards aren't full, or there isn't enough, then they can get very anxious. And we don't need more anxiety, right? The, there's already so much going on that is pushing us perhaps into that negative anxious mode, that the last thing we need is to worry about lack of or about, you know, the lack of abundance or not being able, being able to be sustainable. So we want to watch for that. Now, there are other factors at play that are pushing us in that different direction as far as having faith, right? And in, a, in, in an abundant uh, universe. Uh, so we're going to talk about that too. But just let me say that this week can make us filled with anxiety coming from many different directions. And don't let this one be one of those directions, right? Don't let your emotional reactions to things that are happening in the world or in your own life drive you into tension and anxiety. Sit back and relax. Choose how you're going to respond to things that are happening around you instead of emotional need uh, jerking or uh, reacting. And of course, we already talked about one of the negative sides of the moon in cancer, which can be smothering. So we want to mother, nurture, care for, but we don't want to smother people who don't maybe want our help and certainly maybe will not appreciate our efforts at taking care of them. Now, when we look at the human design, so we're going to now switch this into astro design. And we're looking then at the gate 15 that uh, cancer moved into right initially. That is the love of humanity. So this is the caring field that cancer carries with it. Caring and nurturing and loving, being loyal to, right? That's that gate 15. That sits on the identity center. And it identifies a direction in our lives, the direction that love can flow 
and the direction that love can flow is outward to humanity. So it's triggering perhaps our more compassionate nature toward our fellow humans. Then it will move into the 52, which is called the gate of stillness. This is a gate that might drive many of us crazy with all of the anxious energy of movement available to us this week. And stillness says we just rest. We are waiting, right? Waiting patiently. We are sitting back and we are relaxing until something pulls us in. And that would be through your type and your strategy. Uh, even your authority can help you determine what next steps you take. So think of it as a pause before the next action, because the next action after that is provocation. And provocation is gate 39. It is a root center energy. That means it's an impulse. It's pushing us out of the nest, if you will, pushing us toward evolution. And the evolution of the 39 is taking us to where the earth is this week interesting, right? In in the gate of abundance. So provocation, moving us back into alignment with spirit, the spirit of abundance, the spirit of um, your own higher self, right? Your, your higher being. And then we also have the potential for the moon later tomorrow uh, in new beginnings, right? Triggering something, lighting a little bit of a fuse beneath us as to what might be opening up. And then, uh, Lastly, we hit the gate 62. Well, it's not the, it's the last full on gate of cancer. And that's the 62, which is a throat center energy. And it is the throat center energy of the details. So very Virgo and, you know, in feel, but it's actually a cancer gate, seeing the details, right? The devil in the details, but not getting so focused here that we miss the bigger picture. So having to be able to have both the big picture and the details in order to have the full picture of what needs to be done. And lastly, the very last gate, even if it's just like a, a short time, is a storytelling gate on the throat center as well, um, telling the story of our human experiences. So that is our Cancer Sun or Cancer Moon, excuse me, for this week questions. How's everybody doing out there? Uh, Terry Strauss, normally I'm drained during times like this, but I'm so energetic the last few days, like cleaning all day, deducting, uh, painting, planning work things. Why would this be like a calming? Because Terry, are you not a Pisces? Can't remember what sign you are, but if you're a Pisces, it would make sense because as the sun approaches Virgo, which is what is happening, we are maybe becoming more aware of the things that need to be done. Um, we are becoming more aware of what needs to be organized. But more than that, on Saturday, Mars moved into Gemini, a very active mind-oriented sign, but it's also energy that takes us into doing. So Mars, the catalyst for action. So depending on where, let's say, Gemini is in your chart, maybe it's on your sixth house, because I don't remember your rising. Uh, if it's on your sixth house, maybe that is all about decluttering. Maybe it's on your 12th house, which would be all about decluttering, but of the, the mind or the psyche. So it just depends, right? <clears throat> You're an Aquarius. Okay. So um, maybe Leo in the last degrees, the sun moving through the last degrees of Leo triggered something for you. Leo being the opposite sign of Aquarius. And you have a Gemini moon. Well, that would do it, right? The Gemini moon, because Mars moved into Gemini. So it's triggering timing. 
perhaps for you to do certain things, right? Opening up the gateway. Tanya says, patiently, <laughs> question, question. <laughs> patience is a virtue. <laughs> we are all going to have to practice patience. One of the first gates that Mars is in, in your human design for uh, this pass, passage through Gemini is the gate 20. And in fact, let's check where he is today. He might still be at 16 today, or I mean at uh, eight. No, he moved right into the 20. That's right. So on the 21st, which was Sunday, he moved into the gate 20. And the gate 20 is a gate that manages the sacral energy moving up to it. So in your human designs, you might have seen this beautiful right angle that can happen between the 34 on the sacral and the 20 up on the throat center. And it is a gate that's meant to manage the energy coming up from the sacral, right? Managing um, and kind of placing everything in its right and perfect place, juggling energy, but it also has to have patience. So patience is the antidote to the Mars energy that we're experiencing from now until the 30th of August, until next Tuesday. So patience, 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 practice patience. And patience would be akin to responding rather than reacting, right, to things that happen in your life. Even if it's a great grand opportunity, you want to patiently wait it out, wait out your sacral uh, response, wait out your uh, invitation energy, wait out your um, your energy of the moon if you're a reflector, although very few reflectors are out there. So using your type and your strategy and knowing what your authority is, is very helpful when you go through a week and a half or so like we are facing uh, this week. So uh, awesome. Tanya, I have the 57 defined by Pluto. Well, the 57 is on the spleen and it is the gate of intuition or the gate of being psychic even, right? It's very in tune. But the funny thing about the 57 is it often doesn't feel like it's in tune. It often doesn't feel very intuitive, yet they move through their life using their intuition, which is kind of funny. Uh, let's see, Judy Wheeler, good morning to you. Sagittarius with Leo rising and a Libra moon. Well, Mercury is about to move into Libra this week as well. So that's going to add some fuel to your moon fire or your moon air, let's say. And uh, your 57 connects with the 20. Yes, it can do that. So patience in listening to your intuition, right? That might mean that you have to slow down in order to hear it. You might have to actually come to that standstill energy, that gate 52 stillness, in order to be able to hear the voice of your intuition. When the world is loud and crazy, and there's a lot of crazy this week, and there's a lot of crazy moving on in through to the end of this year and into the beginning of next year, it takes some skill to be able to wait patiently to hear the voice of your intuition. But when the intuition speaks, then you take action, right? That's the, that's the name of the game for you, is that it speaks, you act, unless of course your emotional center is defined. And I don't believe it is. So, right, hopefully that makes sense for you. Terry, that's right, you are a reflector. 
So before you make the big decisions in life, you have to wait that 28 and a half day cycle or 29 day cycle of the moon. Big decisions, not little decisions, but those big decisions. And you see yourself in the reflection of the people around you. When the people around you are doing really well, that means you're reflecting that health and that wellness. If the people around you are not doing so well, you're also going to reflect that to them, right? You're going to re reflect back to them their own ill at ease or their own dis-ease or their own um, crazy natures, whatever it is, right? Because that's what you are is a reflector, right? A reflector, reflects. Uh, okay, now... Um, any more questions, just go ahead and put those in the comment section. Uh, for those of you who are joining us today from LinkedIn, if you have a question, you might need to email it to us instead. And you can email it to Janet at living-astrology.com. I'm actually going to type this in. And that way there is no... And then I'm going to show it on the screen, just in case, since I don't know exactly how this works. There we go. So if you need to get a hold of me with a question, there you have it. Uh, Janet at living dash or hyphen astrology.com. Uh, let's move into the sun in Virgo, because all of us have Virgo in our charts, right? Irregardless of whether you have planets in Virgo, Tom has Pluto, all of us born in the early 60s uh, have Pluto in Virgo. So your Pluto is going to get hit right by the sun. And once a month, it's hit anyway by the moon, right? So there's nothing new there. But the sun moving across your Pluto or your sun, the sun moving across any planet that you might have in Virgo, sort of kickstarts the energy, right? Kickstarts the energy of change and transformation and empowerment with Pluto, right? So those of us who are, you know, in our late 50s and early 60s, mid 60s even, we are getting that little kick, the little boot in the butt by the sun, to change whatever it is that is of a Virgo nature in our world or in our lives. And the sun in Virgo brings out the hardworking, knowledge-loving, respectable parts of ourselves, right? It's got this energy of purity associated with it. We know sometimes the Virgo traits of nitpickiness and perfectionism, but if when we talk about the beauty of the sun moving into Virgo, it really highlights the what's pure in our lives and then causes us to take action to prune away, if you will, everything not pure, everything. And, and I don't mean pure as, I mean, pure as in authentically you, right? Pure as in if you have to clean up your environment. This is why we get into this decluttering mode, right? This is why we get into cleaning mode, because we are purifying our environment or detoxifying our environment, because we're talking about purity in health, mind, spirit, right? So on all levels, so emotional cleaning, maybe, uh, mental cleaning, maybe, um, physical, yes. I mean, all of these different spirit, yes right? We are purifying ourselves. So a lot of people will take this time of year and they'll find themselves, you know, cleaning out drawers or moving things around or giving things away, doing garage sales to let go of stuff. That is the nature of this time of year because the sun moving through here creates that need for us to do that. And we are also more environmentally sensitive during this time. The sun in Virgo is about the environment that you find yourself in. 
So for example, someone like you, Terry, who is a reflector, has to always make sure that you are surrounding yourself with people that love and you trust, right? That are good for you. And if you are finding yourself in an environment that is not supportive of you, you have to take steps to do something about it, right? You can't just stick around with these people who are sucking your energy dry, right? You can't do it or you should not do it, let's say. Uh, to do it could mean that your health suffers because Virgo is a sign of the body, a sign of the health in the body. And anything in the environment that doesn't reflect health and doesn't reflect a, a more well-being sort of atmosphere has to be changed, has to go, right? Has to go. So we are more environmentally sensitive, which means some people might, especially if you have an open spleen in your human design, may suddenly start reacting to drugs that you've never reacted to before, to foods that you've never reacted to before, to um, toxins in the environment or uh, allergens in the environment. So the thing is, watch for these kinds of things. How are you feeling in your body? Now, the sun in Virgo also brings up service and how we share our talents and gifts with the world. So not services in let me be your servant. It is what is our pathway of service to the world? So what is it that I'm sharing with the world? What are the gifts or the talents that I have that I bring to the table that I freely share with others, right? So all of that. And then, of course, we have the organizing, perfecting, and analytical energy of Virgo as well that comes up during this time. Now, because of the nature of some of the other transits, Mars and Gemini, Uranus turning retrograde, and probably a host of other things that I'm not thinking about at the moment, there's also a preponderance of, of us becoming more worried, more anxious, uh, a more overactive mind. And that cannot be a good thing, right? That can really be a, a source of over the time, over time, worry can lead to, you know, anxiety, anxiety can lead to all kinds of other physical ailments. So that overactive mind, right? We have Mars stimulating action in Gemini, a sign of thinking. We have Uranus turning retrograde, the contrarian who's sort of triggering uh, are having to shift on the inner world in response to the outer world. And who knows what kind of anxiety that might bring up. We have Mercury moving into Libra, a sign of air. So there's also an intellectual thinking component to that as well. And then Mercury turning retrograde, moving backward into Virgo over the course of time. So we have stimulus, right? Stimulating our minds and our minds can also create a pathway to hypochondria or to being overly health conscious. So the negative side of being aware of what's going on in your environment and being aware of the purification of your, you know, environment as well as your body, mind, and spirit, we can get into a, a, a hypochondriac state or being so uber health conscious that we uh, almost create more health challenges than, than fixing health challenges, right? So thinking that every little symptom is something that's going wrong. And so we have to learn to balance, you know, our awareness of our bodies against the fear 
that could be triggered by that awareness of what's going on in our bodies. And this, if you haven't already done so, this might be a great time of year to enact healthy routines or habits, right? Rituals, um, rhythms, right? That keep you healthy, but also keep you moving forward. Um, sometimes during the summer, this is true for me, so it might be true for more of you out there as well, that we get sort of lazy. It's summer, right? So we don't, and we have longer days, shorter nights, it's warm, so we're more inclined to play, right? We're coming out of Leo, playful, fun-loving energy, and more into the work-oriented energy of Virgo, so establishing healthy habits and healthy routines might become something that we are more aware of. This And school for most people begins either late August or September, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere. And uh, what we have then is, you know, kids getting back to routines. So that almost pushes parents to get back into healthy routines, right? So uh, and even if you don't have kids or you are not in school, somehow we all seem to fall in line with trying to create more healthy habits or more healthy or supportive routines during this time. This is also an intellectual sign. It is ruled by Mercury, the planet of the intellect, the mind, communication. And so there is a tendency for us to be overly influenced by the mind during this period of time. Now, that, like I said, this is not that it's a bad thing, but there's so much focus on thinking in the mind, and that can be a real source of anxiety. So when you find yourself being fritzed out by too much thinking or too much going on up here, mental um, agitation, the best thing to do is to get back into the body, exercise, right? Use that Mars and Gemini energy to walk the treadmill or walk your neighborhood or ride a bike or swim or, you know, do things that are action oriented that will pull you back into the body out of the mind. And as well, um, you know, anything that can take you into meditation or movement and meditation. So things like Tai Chi or yoga or Qigong that move the body, but also calm the mind, right? Uh, I even want to say for some people, it might be very Martian-like people, Martian, Marsh, Mars energy, not Martian-like alien, <laughs> um, that things like karate uh, or kung fu or kickboxing, those might be good energies too, because it's going to really help move the, the physical energy for you. So there is that. Um, that in human design equates to the gate 29, which we're moving out of. It's just the very end of the 29. Today is the end of the 29. So watching what we are uh, committing ourselves to or committing our energies to, it moves directly into the 59, which is also where the sun will be starting tomorrow. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. It's called the gate of sustainability. The 40, which is a gate of restoration. So right there in the midst of all of this action energy, we've seen the moon go into 52 today and tomorrow um, for 
rest and stillness. And now we're seeing the sun moving into the 50 or into the 40, which is called the gate of restoration. It is a gate of restoring our energy selves, right? Restoring the body, restoring our emotions, particularly, and letting go of the use of willpower to do things instead of allowing the flow. So we'll talk more about that. Also the 64, which is a gate called confusion. It's up in the head center, the very top center. And it is where we receive downloads and where we feel the pressure to figure out how we're supposed to do something. And the how isn't in our realm, the what is, but the how comes from either revelation, epiphany, source, the divine, right? So we might have the download drop in and then feel confused as to how we're supposed to enact it. Uh, that is the 64 at work. And then the 64 meets up with the 47. That's the next place the sun goes. The 47 is called the gate of mindset. Often stinking thinking resides here where we've gotten into this mental pattern and it's not a positive pattern, right? It's a pattern that takes us down the drain, if you will. Um, so in other words, learning to use our minds as our friends and as a tool rather than something that we use as a weapon against ourselves. And then it moves down into the solar plexus at the gate six, which is called the gate of impact. And it is very uh, much on the hunt for intimacy. It is aura busting energy. So it's a very high powered energy emotionally. And then lastly, the 46, which signals the turning of the seasons, where it is a gate of love. This is the gate of the love of the physical being in the body, the love of the body. So those are the gates the sun will be in as it makes its way through Virgo over the next month. Whew. Good morning, Gala. Good morning, Requiem for a Tuesday. She or he says Virgo moon true with medications, right? So yeah, with a Virgo, I have a, a Virgo moon and many and an open spleen on top of that. And I can take a medication one time and it's fine. And the next time it doesn't work or it, I become allergic to it and, or react to it in a weird way. So I know for myself that I stay as close to the earth in my remedies as I can um, without going too far into uh, medications, just because I know it could, it could be a difficult thing. Uh, okay, so any questions about the sun in Virgo, go ahead and put those in the comment section. Let's look at where the sun is moving to and the earth are moving to, right? Remember the sun in human design gives us the highest expression of who we could be and the earth challenges us, right? It challenges us so that we can evolve toward the highest and best of the sun. So the sun will be at the gate 59 starting tomorrow. So from the 23rd to the 28th, so through Sunday, and that gate sustainability, right? It's a gate of sustainability. And it also in um, human design, traditional human design was called the gate of sexuality. It has a very masculine energy associated with it. So masculine doing, pushing outward, as opposed to the feminine side, which is more coming in, receptive energy. This is more pushing out energy, doing something, not just being, right? Then also the earth is in the gate 55, one of my favorite all-time gates and gene keys which teaches us about how to become free, freedom, right? Remember in um, the Gene Keys, 
it is the shadow of victimhood it is the gift of freedom and the city of freedom right freedom shows up twice and in human design we call it the gate of spirit or abundance and also in quantum human design now it is called the gate of faith so let's look at what gate 59 on the sacral focuses on so the 59 is on the sacral which means it is always in response to things that are happening outside of it this is not a thinking gate this should never be a thinking gate because it's based on action right it's on the doing or the being of what of who we are so this is responsive to creating connections with people right reaching out to community reaching out to family it is responsive in creating resources so responding to opportunities for work or responding for opportunity to opportunities to move your business forward in the outer world right response always means there's something outside of us that we're responding to if there's nothing outside of you to respond to then you are in stillness or you are waiting right you're patient patiently waiting um, this is also responses to opportunities for sex and seduction it has a very sexual overtone to it and it is not just about sex though because this channel that 59 is a part of it goes from the 59 over to the six is also about the the reproductive capacity that brings children into the world to support the tribe right to keep the tribe going right into our um, posterity right moving forward so the idea of having that kind of energy on this gate is so that when we bring children into the world we can sustain them we can provide resources for them that we have the time the energy and the resources to raise them to adulthood so that the tribe can keep going on right or the community or the country or the family right that's the purpose uh one of the older purposes in the gate 59. we are in the highest energy of this gate in the quantum if you will of this gate learning to make choices for abundance and for sustainability so in uh, a tribe let's say and and you know earth is one big tribe what kind of choices are we making now that create a sustainable future for our children for ourselves right for um the collective right down the line what can we collaborate on that and share with one another that brings us all good that brings us all the ability to be abundant right to be in abundance the shadow energy here this used to be still is sometimes called the gate of war uh, or the channel it's part of the channel where there's war and peace that are potential right that the shadow is about fighting and struggling for resources or struggling to survive rather than thriving right rather than thriving or letting fear or the or lack or scarcity drive the decisions that we make so all of us are going to look at this and have to adopt our decision making strategies that move us toward abundance rather than choices that we make because we are afraid that we're not going to have enough or that we're not going to be enough or that there isn't going to be enough right so that's the shadow energy that we're moving in its highest 
and best. This is trust in a higher power to bring us enoughness, right? This is about the word enoughness, creating sustainably, right? Peace from our connections and finding that we can sustain peace. We can find uh, sufficiency in our world just by having the faith, right? Now let's move into the faith part of this because the gate 55, where the earth is, challenges us to, um, here we go. I keep getting these scam calls and they drive me crazy. I hope you guys aren't getting them, but (sighs) all right. 55, abundance in spirit. That's the older name, if you will, of this gate. It is mystical. There's a lot of mysticism here in this gate. It is very spiritual. It is trust in the universe or higher power or source. Doesn't matter what you want to call it. Your higher self. Trust, right? It is on the emotional center. So we find that abundance is not related to the 59 where it's on the doing. That abundance is on the, the, the solar plexus. It's about what we feel how we feel, our emotions, right? Uh, In the lower energy, this can can get very indecisive and fearful, especially if there's not trust in the higher power or in the universe, not a, a trust or faith that everything is happening as it should, right? So we try to start making things happen in a way that's fearful or because of lack. But when it's working in its best, this restores flow in our lives for ourselves, but also for others. So this this energy on the opposite side of the gate 55 is the gate 39, the gate of provocation. The moon is going to be moving through the gate of provocation here, provoking us when we are out of alignment with abundance, with making abundant life decisions to move back into abundance, right? To move back into that. It is emotional, which means it also calibrates us with our hearts and provokes us when we are out of alignment with our hearts or out of alignment with our purpose or what we love. So that can make a lot of um, emotional ups and downs for people in some respects. The gate 30 or the channel 3955 is called the channel of emoting. So for some of you, it might complete that channel. And if that's the case, this might be an emotional time for you. Emotional because you might come face to face with how it is you've not been really aligning yourself with what you want or desire or not aligning yourself with your heart. And you're being provoked to move, do something, anything, be different, right? Get outside of your your rut right? That's the key. And it doesn't even matter necessarily what steps you take as long as you start taking steps, moving in a direction that's self-supportive, right? That's you taking care of you. Now, the highest expression here or shadow, I think, is fear, lack, indecisiveness, hoarding, fighting over resources, fighting, fighting for more of the share of resources, meaning, you know, we like the dragon in uh, the Hobbit series, right? He's got all the gold and he's hoarding it. He's keeping it all for himself rather than seeing that sharing it would be prosperous for all, right? Um, Using willpower to create, 
um, not faith, trust, and intuition that can show up as a, a thing in your life. Now that's different than for you, Asa, and others of you who have the will center, <clears throat> the ego center or heart center as your authority, right? So you have to balance the pushing forward energy of your authority with the balancing of the need for sustainable creation of resources. So learning to balance for you. And the highest, in the highest, is this is about our ability to hold an emotional frequency of abundance until our intentions manifest or until what we want gets into our physical being or into our physical world or physical experience. And again, we go to trusting that we are creating with a higher power. So when we trust, we end up finding out that we are creators without limits, right? That we, there are no limits to our creation when we are in trust that everything is working to our benefit and freedom comes with that as well. So that's the earth at the gate of abundance, 55, and then the sun at the 59, right? So it's almost like if we are able to emotionally connect with abundance, then the 55, 59, excuse me, begins to bring us the opportunities to respond to abundance, right? Or to opportunities to move forward or to, to work, that kind of thing. So any questions about that? Let me know. Awesome Tanya says, wow, my eight-year-old's Neptune is in gate 55. And so is my 10-year-old's design Neptune. That explains a lot. Spiritually abundant, right? That's their nature. Um, but also maybe disillusioned by it when they get older and they see that sometimes there's a gap between intention and getting what you intend, right? So that can be a problem. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, a good place for that for them. Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's go on to what time is it here? 54. Ah, yikes. Six minutes left. Let's talk about Uranus retrograde. He is retrograde a good chunk of the year. He's going to be retrograde from August 24th tomorrow or Wednesday until January 22nd, 2023. So August, September, October, November, December, January, about four and a half months, just about. And that's funny. He turns direct on the day that is the human design new year. I wonder what that's going to bring. Maybe fireworks, exciting things, maybe. Uh, but this is where any retrograde planet, of course, takes us more to the inner planes, right? The things that we have to work with on the inner side of our ourselves. In this case, it is the inner changes that we are having to make in response to the things that have been changing in our outer world, right? So the world changes and how we respond to that also must change. Now, I also want you to remember that the North Node and Uranus are still close together in a conjunction. The North Node is at 17 degrees while Uranus is at 18 degrees. And they're never going to catch up to another exact yet. They're not for another several years, but for right now, they're close enough still that the inner and outer changes in that dynamic that's happening is all about our moving toward a new, more simplified um, version of life, right? What are the simple pleasures? What are the, 
the common denominators, the common values, the common core beliefs that we all share. So the North Node pushing us in a Taurus direction, Uranus in Taurus already, having seen some changes in our outer world, now our inner world responding to it. Now, it's also useful to look at what planetary aspects are going on when a planet changes direction. So we, I do this all the time with Mercury or, in, or Mars, any of those planets when they change direction, because whatever aspects are happening with the other planets also stays with us for that retrograde. You know, not as intense, perhaps, but it's still there with us. And Uranus and Saturn are coming in toward each other again for another square. Now, they've been together several times, three times already, I think it was, two exact times, another, you know, they've been close to one another all year long. And they are, <laughs> when you think about Uranus rules change and the new and freedom and what do, can we liberate ourselves from and, you know, more the more liberal side of things, while Saturn rules more of the traditional, conservative, older ways of doing things. And we have these two in a square, which puts them at odds with one another. Somehow, we have to work out the tension of the square, the need to move forward, but also the need to maintain some of the things that are beloved by us, right, that have suited us, that have supported us. So we want to move forward with the new, but not by throwing out all the old, but we don't want the old to hold us back with chains that don't allow us to move, right? So we are moving through this tension energy, and it's been part of our experience for the last year and a half. And now that Uranus is changing direction, that square is less than two degrees from exact, moving ever closer now as Uranus back, uh, Uranus and Saturn both are moving back toward that very close aspect in October. There'll be zero degrees, 37 minutes, I think it is, apart from one another. Conjunction. I mean, close enough, right? So we have change upon us that we don't necessarily want, right? We may have to make changes in our lives that we think we don't want, but that there isn't anything else we can do right? It's like the job being taken away from you, right? They close up their doors, they close up shop. We didn't necessarily want to change our job, but it's there. And now what do we do, right? We can't just keep kicking and screaming that they close their doors and now I have to find a new job. We actually have to do something. We have to move forward. And as you move forward, you might realize that a big albatross that was tied around your neck has been set free. So, we may feel very, we maybe have felt very stuck in our lives. And this is going to be our having to face changes, perhaps, that we did not necessarily want. They might be financial changes because we have Uranus in Taurus, right? A, a sign of finances. We might have to let go of resources that we thought we really needed in order to be able to move forward in a more free way. We might have to um, pare down debt in order to move forward, right? Some things like that. Um, unexpected restrictions may also happen. I'm not saying that for everybody, but it's a possibility that the economy causes us to tighten up our belts some more. Uh, so what's the antidote to this? How can we move forward in the best way possible with Uranus changing direction? Have a plan. Have a plan because Saturn loves plans. Have a plan. Be patient. Be flexible, 
let your life change inwardly in response to what's happening in your outer world, but in a positive direction, right? Not and a sustainable direction, which means we might have to let go of some of the practices that we've gotten into that are not sustainable anymore. All right. Uranus is also going to come into a square with Venus, although it's not as close. It's like a six degree separation, but I still feel like there may be relationship pressures as Uranus changes direction on Wednesday, where we might have to actually deal with the problems that lie between us, right, in our closest relationships, especially our love relationships, where we can no longer tolerate the conditions the way they've been or the way that we've been behaving or that the way that they've been behaving and we have to somehow um, come to peace and make changes that maybe we don't necessarily want to have to face, but we need to do it for our own health, right? Or our own benefit. So relationships, finances, values, have a plan, pare your life down, be sustained to where uh, to be sustainable, right? To let be look at around you what is not sustainable, right? That's kind of the energy that we're in for this week. Uh, I hmm, will deal with the new moon on Friday and I'll see what I can do about Mercury in Libra, uh, maybe an article or something that will help you understand that. Ah, oh, J-Lo, be the bridge as we integrate all we have remembered. That's a great one. Um, so that's it for me, you guys. Take care. Much love to all of you. Uh, I will see you Friday morning. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.